Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome, everybody, into the Hump Day Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, presented by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day, Picasso's. We are Buffalo's Pizza. Buffalo's? We are Buffalo Pizza. Shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. My name is Joe Miller. Got all kinds of people jumping in the room already. I am uh, one of the hosts of this year's show, and the boys are back together again. (laughs) <laughs> they're like it's been like a quarter of the season it's been like <laughs> uh, it's been almost four weeks so or it has been four weeks right i was on for a partial segment with you and jeremiah and mm-hmm. then was it you twice without me me once with jerry O. you popped in for a second and here we are good days are upon us again scheduling conflicts holidays christmas so, yeah it's it, it really was a quarter of the season and when you put it like that it yeah. was a quarter of the season my co-host, Jay Spence the King. Jay Spence King, how are you? I'm good, man. Well, I'm better. That's yeah. uh, that's how I say it. I'm better. I'm not good. I'm going to be good. You give me a couple more days, and I'm going to be back at this better than ever. But but I'm happy to be doing this, man. I uh, I had to get some energy going. Yeah. And, um, hey, let's do it. Let's do it. It's, it's always good after a dub. It's never... <laughs> Never fun when we lose. So this is always <laughs> it's it's always good when you have secured the AFC East championship for three the third straight season. So yeah, and just to Spence's point, those those of you that listen to me and those of you that listen to him and maybe not both of us, we're both sick. <laughs> so we're we're both getting over colds. We have not been together, but we're both getting over colds. So uh, yeah, we're he's drinking tea and I'm drinking an apple cider bourbon. So I don't know which is better. <laughs> I tell you what, though, the, the bourbon clears it up, man. Like every time, like when I do need something and it's like, okay, this tea ain't working. I go and take me a shot, like a double. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just clear. I'm oh, good. yeah. Dude. It, uh, so I have never, I've never had a hottie toddy before. Yeah, Are you familiar with what a hottie oh, toddy yeah. is? Yeah. Absolutely. So I've never had one before. And I was just, before we started the show, I told you on Christmas Eve, I was a mess. Like it was just, I felt awful. And I literally made myself the first one I'd ever had. My wife has had them before, and I've got friends that have sworn by them, and I've just never, I've just never done it. Um, made hot tea, bourbon in it, honey, lemon, and this. Like as soon as I got it to my nose, I could feel it clear my nose. Just, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, uh-huh. all right, here, here we go. I can yeah. be happy days, or at least for the next twenty minutes, are here again, right? So. But uh, it is hump day, so uh, whatever platform you are consuming this on, please hump that like, jump on it, it's hump day here in uh, Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast land. It's so good to have you, the Buffalo Bills are 12 and 3. We got, I have a crap ton of topics because 
there wasn't much to talk about from the Bears game. You've had a show. I've had a couple shows. We don't have another game until Monday, so I've got a ton of topics to include around the league. But before I jump to any of those, is there anything that you want to bring up or talk about or anything, or do we just jump into this right now? I did want to ask you, because yesterday on my show, I started off the show by talking about, um, I know you saw the Nick Wright thing where he was talking about, uh, like, since week six, Josh Allen's numbers are da-da-da-da-da, right? And I'm sure you saw that. I So I saw, I, I, I was watching your show, actually, when you got into it, um, okay. a little bit, and then uh, and then I, I Beth needed me for something. So I did not watch his take. I read it. I read the stat. I saw his whatever as he sunk into his chair and began to give his diatribe on why Josh Allen sucks. Um, and uh, just basically came to my own conclusions on what he was trying to do. And then reading com- comments and replies, including the ones, the one that you were in a conversation with a certain WGR personality. Um, yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm aware of what you're talking about. All of that to say that. Yes. Okay. So my question for you, and this is a quick one, I, cause I honestly, I feel like I know what you're going to say. Um, when, so in years where obviously we've gone through JP Lossman and we've gone through like the list, you know, we can, we can do the list. Do we really, especially, I guess I get frustrated with Buffalo content creators and Buffalo um, because it's like in a year where we have a guy that's leading us to a 12 and three team. Mm -hmm. And when it's not like he's, he's not a normal quarterback. So it's not like the stats are all based on what he's throwing because Mm -hmm. He what he has like seven hundred and forty I think seven hundred forty six yards on the ground. Yeah, when you include that, it's just it makes it a different conversation. Is it fair that we have these type of nitpicking argument? Nick Wright is one thing. Nick Wright is one thing. I get what Nick does. Yeah. But yeah. outside of Nick Wright, is it fair um, for us to talk about our guy the way we do? So I I feel like I'm isolated from some of the the bills mafia conversations about him. I mean, if you're talking about content creators, I'm probably, I've probably been isolated somewhat from that too. I don't see any justification every single time somebody comes into my mentions, or if I see it and I feel like commenting on it, my first response is the man's injured. So I don't, I mean, and yes, it started at the, at the halfway point of the green Bay Packers game. I'm aware of that. that That's when things kind of got a little bit sideways for this team. And then he played the whole jets game and it was not, the greatest game that he had played, which was fine. And then he got injured and then all bets were off. Like there's several interceptions I can point to where the Patrick Peterson, Peterson won against the, the, the Vikings in particular, where the ball was five yards behind Gabe Davis is a, is a throw that he makes 17 out of 18 times if he's not injured. Right. Um, I don't think it's fair at all. Um, I think there's something that defenses are doing to this offense. I think there's a challenge that has to do with his arm. I think the offensive line has been, trouble and i think the most important storyline about this entire football team is and it's one of my topics literally we have watched it's funny you just led right into me we have this, the offense we have watched the last couple of years based on the dominance of josh's arm has struggled a bit since the injury but the bills have found ways to win in the last six games straight where's our confidence in this iteration of the bills kind of going forward is the topic that you're speaking to which is funny um I think that for us as Bills fans to see this team overcome week to week troubles that it puts itself in and it isn't solely relying on Josh's arm. I said it on my show Sunday night, Sunday night, Sunday night. 
that this is the best thing that could have happened to this offense, in my opinion, because it's no longer, Josh, are you going to do something? I mean, it's becoming, it's Josh's team, but it's becoming like a team effort, like what what Devin Singletary is doing and James Cook is doing, and we haven't even unleashed Cole Beasley yet, right? I mean, there's just a lot. So I think it's unfair. Yes, wildly unfair. Is that what you thought I was going to say? Yeah, because, I mean, I, I feel like you have some common sense when it comes to this football team. You know, it, it just bugs me. And, and and this is not me taking shots at anybody at this. Not not this time. Sometimes right. I do. This time I'm not taking shots. But it's one of those things where it's like, how can you sit here and, and just reminisce over what we've dealt with over the last 20 years? Yeah. And then now you have a guy like Josh Allen who's leading the team. I mean, we're, we're as of right now, before this next week game, we're first in the conference, first in the division. We're, we have the second best offense in the league or, you know, like most yards per game, mm-hmm. second most yards per game. And whatever metric you look at on offense, we're we're up there. Mm-hmm. And then whatever metric you look at on defense, we're pretty solid, too. The so only it's place, just one the of only place we're not on defense is we're 17th against the pass, which was a complete shock to me when I discovered that on Sunday. But yes. But you know what? I'm OK with that. I'm probably okay with, with with what we've been putting out there and Micah being hurt and Jordan being hurt and Trey yeah. being hurt and yep it's like when you when you look at the the full picture of it and you yep. like you mentioned Micah Hyde going out in week two at the end yep. of that game and then you talk about uh Trey White you you watch him and he makes some plays but he's not Trey he's not the Trey White we're used to seeing um you got you know you got some young guys back there doing everything that they can do but at the same time when you watch him it's just like okay this yeah. isn't right so I'm okay with that because now, guess what? We turned around last year. We have one of the worst rushing defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like we're elite when it comes to that. We're elite when it comes to getting number two. We're elite when it comes to getting to the quarterback now, even without Von Miller. Von being injured is a huge deal, but guess mm-hmm. what? We haven't missed a beat. Right. We have not missed a beat since Thanksgiving. So for me, you know, it's just like it, it baffles me, man, that that we really find these ways to nitpick when we're actually good because then we're going to go god forbid we go back to what we were dealing with you know seven eight years ago mm. and then like I, I don't even know if i would want to do a podcast like <laughs> I, i'm being honest with you i don't i'm a sore loser <clears throat> i don't even want to do a podcast if if the record's going to be three and 14 right damn it the code of conduct is done you know what i'm saying like it's done <laughs> it's over <laughs> it's just over with i don't want to do it so i think that uh so i and this is you know i'm not a beat reporter i'm not a objective or supposed to be objective on-air personality i'm a fan and this is a hobby and you and i have had conversations that if this ever became a situation where i could make a living doing this uh, equal to or better than the living that i make i would still be a fan and you said the same thing i'm still going to do this and be a fan i'm not going to be objective all that to say this i feel like sometimes on-air personalities and I'm not picking on any beat reporter per se or slamming a beat reporter, but I feel like sometimes in their desire, in their attempt, and sometimes their premeditated, this was my, this was what I was trying to do to be objective. They feel like they have to be negative, right? I have to find the negative string to pull, not, you know, to, to shock the fan base, to rile up the fan base, to get clicks, but also to let people know that I'm not, a you know, that I'm not a fan. I'm objective. You know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't. And I think that that's just what happens sometimes. And some people do it more than others. And Joe's a good dude, right? I, I listen to him on the radio, but he, this isn't the first time he's done something like this, right? 
Oh no! Well, and I guess that's why I said something to him—not not, not right. on the show now, but right. that's why I said something to him. It's like, well, if you're gonna do it, and if you're gonna be that guy that, like, hey, okay, well, I'm not a fan. This is my job. Well, at least like complete the job, like like add context to right. the whole thing. And right. I'm not talking about excuses. There's one thing to talk about, like, oh well, like to me, an excuse is, you know, oh well, you know, it was. I can make up whatever, mm-hmm. but it's an actual fact that Josh Allen played through a UCL injury. Now, right. I don't use, you know me, I always say, I don't like to use injuries as an excuse. So I don't. Guess what? We're 12 and three with that injury. What's That's f- where I am. Yes. It, right. Twelve. So uh, a Bengals beat reporter uh, just tweeted a little while ago, like all the, the number one wide receivers that the Bills have played against and what their numbers were. Right. So in, in expectation of what you can expect the Bengals to do against the Bills and my and people were like battling him. And I literally just posted 12 and three. Like, is there anything else to say besides 12 and three? Who cares? So to your point, I think it's funny to me as well how the field, the the, the goalposts move. And we've talked about the goalposts moving in the past, specifically 2020 when Josh was coming up, like when it was obvious that this kid was becoming something, you know, the goalposts began to move. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but if you remember 2020, the big giant yeah, but for Josh Allen was QBR. Remember? It was the QBR thing. What does nobody talk about anymore with Josh Allen? They can't talk about it no more. QBR. So Josh Allen, with all those negative stats that you talked about, they're 12 and three, right? Uh, he just broke a Dan Marino record, which is another topic that I have in here Most that I want to talk yeah. about. Uh, mm-hmm. He he's got you know a wide receiver that's number three or number five in the NFL. He's got an elbow injury, and I discovered this doing research on something else. It's a topic for the show tonight. Guess who's number two in the NFL in QBR? Josh Allen you, you get the point so it's like when, when we when we run these stats and I should have loaded the graphic up but it's like Josh is 16 here and he's 19 here and 22 here well guess what he's two there and he's right. four here and right. he's guess what he is in in the conference one that's one. where he is like that, there it that's is. the stat I care about like right. we're in the playoffs we got the division now let's let's move on but i mean like that that's the thing it just gets under my skin a little bit and i haven't talked to you in a while so i just wanted your perspective on it. no i 100 so with that kind of looking forward this iteration of the bills when you think about what i had said that them going through some of the stuff that they're going through i feel like feel like is the best thing for this offense because they're learning how to win games it, like willing themselves to win as a team versus josh putting them on his back and willing themselves to win is that sustainable does that excite you um, does that concern you? Where are you at kind of on that foot? Well, I mean, you know me. So for the last two and a half years, I've been saying mm-hmm. we need a run game. Right. We need a run game. And now I understand that it's happened because Josh Allen kind of was the injury. Right. So they kind of started calling plays differently to kind of develop it. But now going into the playoffs, let's just say let's just say Josh rested this week and now his elbow was a hundred percent. And now he can come out there and sling it like he was doing it in 2020 and everybody can be excited because Josh, his elbow is back. Right. But guess what? Now teams don't know how to fool with us because if they decide, you know what, we're going to go all in on stopping Josh Allen's arm. Guess what Devin Singletary can do. Right. Guess what James Cook can do. Right. And then if they say, well, you know what, we're going to put eight in the box and we're going to stop Devin Singletary. We're going to stop James Cook. We're even going to stop Josh from running. Okay. 
Guess what Josh is going to do with that arm against your little zone <laughs> or whatever you're trying to do back there? This is the, That's the whole point of what I was trying to argue for the last couple of years. Like, look, you can't just depend on Josh to throw for 4,500 yards and rush for 1,000. That's right. just not smart. Right. Now, he's basically doing that this year, but he's doing it differently because, like, this last game, man, can we uh, – later, I'm sure you want to talk about Devin. But Devin Singletary, man, oh, yeah. come on. Like, this past week, he just made me so proud. I was sitting here, like, my chest was all poked out. I was talking so much crap. I'm texting everybody who was talking about Devin Singletary ever in a negative way. And yeah. I'm like, choke on it. No, I get it. It's the Bears. I, it, I get it. Yeah. But it's been a couple weeks. It hasn't – this isn't just a one-game thing. It's like, consistent. you know, so – and we can jump around. So I've got what is the most exciting uh, – what is most exciting about the recent this re- recently discovered ground game by the Buffalo Bills offense. And to me – you know, it's it's watching Devin Singletary be decisive, watching the game slow down for James Cook, and watching him be decisive. And uh, who's the comp that said it? Somebody, I don't know, I don't remember if it was a, a group chat that you were on or not, but somebody had a comp. Oh, it might have been uh, <clears throat> Nate Geary, also a Buffalo or a WGR personality, that said James Cook seems to be CJ Spiller with vision. And if that's mm-hmm. true, I mean. CJ Spiller was a, a monster talent, and the one thing that he lacked at times was just that little bit of vision. And Cook seems to have that dart for daylight feel to him, right? I know I'm yeah. supposed to go there, but daylight's over here, so I'm going that way. Something that we love Zach Moss, both of us do, Zach did, does not have, right? Have so, I mean, that that's what's most exciting for me is just to see the growth in Singletary, to see the growth in Cook, to see – uh, the growth in this offensive line from a run blocking standpoint. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure we could talk about it for days. Well, I, I'm agreeing with you for that. And, but then also I'll take it a step further and say, even from a coaching perspective, uh, you go back a couple of weeks now to the Miami game and there was six minutes and change left on the mm-hmm. clock in the fourth quarter. And we have not been able to just say, okay, we're going to run when you know we're going to run. Right. We're going to control the clock for the rest of the game. We're not going to let you mm-hmm. get it back, and we're going to kick a field goal with four seconds left. We right. haven't been able to do that. Right. So that's what we did against Miami. That's what we've been able to do. So now that's the part that's exciting to me where it's like, okay, if I got it, you pick your poison. And matter of fact, when the game is on the line and it's close, we're not going to let you get the ball back. We can We can run it down your throat or we can throw it over the top or we can go down the field methodically through the air because we got Cole Beasley back or we can, however we want to do it. Yep. That, so that's the most exciting part for me. And, yep. and, and Devin Singletary is growing. It's, it's going to be so tough because I know they're going to let him go over the summer. Like, I don't have any intel on that. I don't have any. Are you reading my no, notes? <laughs> no, but, but it, it's just it's the way the Buffalo Bills run their organization. They're very smart. Yeah. Um, you can you can replace running back every year in a draft like you, you can get a third for you you can do that so they're not going to keep him yeah. but to see him develop into this now is just like oh man and and hopefully is everything that we need for this year to win the super bowl like that's yep. the, that's the goal but yep. my man shout out to my man john he says i'm feeling the same way right now spence i'm tired of how joe and pat can do no wrong I'm talking about uh joe burrow and <laughs> patrick mahomes can do no wrong i just had to make sure i read that and i was like <laughs> me and pat moran what about us like <laughs> Well, I was thinking, I was like, I don't want Joe from WGR to think I'm taking shots here. (laughs) But I'm tired of how Joe and Pat can do no wrong and teams are praised, yet we micro critique this Buffalo as or the Bills as a team. I agree with you, man. Like, we, yeah, we look for, and I do it too. Like, trust me, I'm sitting here complaining like Sunday, like during the game, I'm like, man, I really miss Andre Roberts. We won the game 30 something to to not 35, 35, 13. 
Yeah, so we blew them out, and I'm sitting here uh, nitpicking the fact that the special teams don't look as special as I'm used to them looking. But we've been spoiled. Over the over the last seven, eight years, you got to think about it. The Buffalo Bills special teams unit has always consistently been one of the best in the league. Yeah, yeah. Now this year, we look very media, very mediocre. It's true. Yeah, it's very true. And it's I talked about that on the overreaction show, but it, Bills fans as a whole, and at the end of the day, that's where the you know I got the name for my entire show, right? Was just the fact that we expect the Bills to win. 56 to 4 56 4 would be bad 56 to 3 every single game you know there's yeah, there can be no and at the and at the same time you know you and I as content creators were in a bad spot and this year has been difficult because we're having to bring you got to talk about something and you can only talk about how great Devin Singletary's been and how yeah. injured Josh Allen is and how good the defense has been so many times week after week after week after week so at some point you have to bring out some of the negative you have to talk about some of the things that need to be fixed you know and like the Phoenix show as you know we don't use the word bad so we do you know good bad ugly or good bad or whatever we do good work like what needs work because we don't really want to disparage anybody but this season has been a challenge just because they've been winning close games in games where they've hurt themselves but they've overcome it but at the same time they're still winning and then it, I had a show a couple weeks ago where people are piling on me about being negative. And I'm like, I'm not being negative. I just got to talk about something or the show's going to be five minutes long. Victory Monday. See you next Easy. week. Because, <laughs> yep. I mean, there's only so much we could talk about how great Josh Allen is, how right. good Von Miller is, and then without him. He did. So shout out to Johnny. He says, this team can go three and out or drive on any team, yep. any team, any time of the game. As you say, Joe, the Bills can defeat – only the Bills can defeat the Bills. Dude, I felt, I felt, I don't know what the word is. I felt like somebody was watching my show. It was uh, Monday on Good Morning Football, and Schrager literally said that. He said, the, I think it was Schrager. It was like, the, to be honest with you, the only team that can beat the Buffalo Bills, and then the rest of the table said, is the Buffalo Bills. It might have been McCourty. And I was like, oh, I've been saying that for like five weeks, six weeks. <laughs> so it felt great. It's the absolute truth. The only team that can beat this team is the Bills. Um, the difficult part is, is they have hurt themselves. They have continually found way, including this last game, three turnovers to one, you know, Josh had some errant throws in there. One sailed on him and one was an ill-advised, probably a bad decision. Didn't see the backside defender, whatever, mm -hmm. but they hurt themselves. Like they, they, they find ways to hurt themselves, but they're finding ways to overcome it, which is important. And you just got to hope that they're going to hope whatever the word is, expect them to start putting it all together and playing more complete games. We've probably seen one or two complete games from this team this year where offense, defense, special teams have all contributed and all played well. And if Allen gets healthy, I mean, it's the sky's the limit, right? There's, there's Who's going to stop this football team? The Buffalo Bills. That's it. You know, because – and, and, and um, like, so with respect to – we have a big game coming up next Monday. So with yeah. respect to the Bengals, I think the Bengals have a really good team. I think they have a really good quarterback. But I tell you what, they don't scare me. Like, they're yeah. not a team that I wake up and I'm just like – like a couple years back when the Bills had to go to Arrowhead to play the Chiefs, it was just like, oh, man, like this mm -hmm. dude Patrick Mahomes is mm – -hmm. I, I don't have that feeling. Right, right now I walk, I wake up with, with the feeling like – we can beat we can beat anybody. Yeah. It doesn't matter if we have to go there or they come to us. We can beat anybody. And because even even and I still get I'm, I'm upset about the Miami game in week three. <clears throat> I'm upset about, you know, like I'm upset about a lot of the games early in the season that we lost. We lost by a total of eight points. Eight points. So like we're eight points away from being undefeated right undefeated. now. Yep. 
So crazy. I mean, so when you when you talk about again, we nitpick we nitpick the team, and we you know eight eight points in self inflicted wounds, eight points yeah. in three games where the Bills beat themselves. They th- those three games could have easily been victories had one mistake in each game not gone the way that it did. And the I mean, and the Jets game ticks me off for multiple. Re- so like this season, my nitpicking thing, I've been a little bit rougher on Gabriel Davis than most. Yes, you because have. I, I feel that Gabriel Davis, the expectation going into the season as a wide receiver too, and the way Josh was talking about him. Well, I look at Davis. Yeah, look at Gabe as a as a wide receiver one B. He's not a wide receiver two. Mm-hmm. So when when your when your star your superstar quarterback says that, my expectation is that we got digs on both sides. Right. Like that's that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. And that's not what we got this year. So because of that, I, I've, I have been a little bit critical on him. But listen, I'm so happy to have Gabriel Davis. Yeah. I mean, we could very easily go back to Kelvin Benjamin on the other side. You know, like we could go back to, you know, I get that Zay Jones is having some good games this year, but we could go back to what Zay was for us in Buffalo and be very disappointed. I don't want that. I'm happy with the offense that we have, but I just think that they could help Josh out a little bit more or actually a lot more. One thing that's never discussed is Gabe Davis's contract situation, which why is spot track asking me to subscribe? So he's got one more year left on his deal. 2023. I thought he was done this year, but he's got one more year left on his deal, which is why we're not really talking about it a whole lot. Sorry. Just checking on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But to your point about just Devin Singletary kind of backing up a little bit, you know, you know, are the looming contract extensions for Tremaine Edmonds, Jordan Poyer, Right. Ed Oliver. I have Ed Olive in here. I got to fix that. Ed Oliver. Are they going to push Devin Singletary off this roster or is it going to be James Cook that's going to that's going to push Devin off this roster? Or is it a situation where potentially, you know, does does Devin find a way to take a hometown discount type of a situation? Is it a you know scenario where, you know, he you know, his market value is five point five million a year. There's no way the bills are going to pay him that. And the bills say here's three point two or three point three or three three years, you know, nine million, three years, ten million. Does he stay to stay, or does he, you know, chase the dollars and end up, you know, pick a garbage football team someplace that needs a little bit of help with no offensive line, right? So I guess that's the question. You know, is it the looming contract extensions? Is it Cook that makes? I mean, if if Cook continues to grow the way that we're seeing and the the way progress the way that he's progressing over the last four or five weeks. You just don't know what's there, but it's a one-two punch. I love it, right? So, yeah. fair question. I, I pose no, it's it a great you. question. It's a great question. I, I think, um, it, I mean, it's going to be tough. I don't want to – we say this every year now. We don't want Brandon Bean's job come mm-hmm. the end of the season. Mm-hmm. But I think what it comes down to is, like you said, A, how much is he willing to – like what kind of, kind of pay cut is he willing to take? Because what it's going to come down to, he is going to have a team that's going to see the way he's been running, and they're going to say, you know what, we could use that. And, the, and they're going to pay him way more than the Buffalo Bills are willing because mm-hmm. the Buffalo Bills can pick somebody up in the third round or the fourth round in the draft. And James Cook can be that one. We, we do have Naheem Hines two years yep, after yep. this year. Yep. So I, I don't think the Buffalo Bills are, like, worried about it. And then when you're talking about spreading money around, you're right. Jordan Poyer, I don't think he's coming back. You know, Tremaine, they better, they better damn sure find a way to get Tremaine Edmonds back in this defense. I've yes. been yelling it now for two and a half years that I've been doing a podcast and damn it. I was right. And I don't care if I, I don't care how that sounds. Y'all was beating me up for a long time about my love and support for Tremaine Edmonds. And I think everybody collectively now can see oh, yeah. exactly what Tremaine Edmonds is worth to this team. Yeah. But so, so to say all of that, 
I just don't think there's enough money to go around. So I think this is going to be a huge year as far as draft and as far as uh, we're going to see. I mean, Brandon Bean typically does a great job in that mm -hmm. area, but we're going to see this year. It's going to be tested because some of the guys that we have developed and that we did draft um, now it's going to be one of those one of those situations where we have to do it again. It's almost yeah. like a it's not a full restart, but we're going to have to restart. Yeah. Ralph Wilson Sr. says or asks, do they cut Hines if Motor comes back? No way. Hines isn't going in. Hines is the primary uh, punt returner and kick returner at this point. And for me, you know, you almost wonder if the Bills look at Hines and if they thought about that when they brought him in. You know, maybe we don't use him as a running back now, but next year, if Cook becomes what we want him to be and we have to let Singletary go or draft, right? If we have to draft a guy next year to go with Cook, you know, maybe you hope that Hines can fill that role. But I would think that if Cook becomes dare I say a semblance of his brother, right? Uh, a, you know, something that's, he doesn't have to be Dalvin. Uh, could he be better? I'm sure that anything is possible. Um, I mean, as it pertains, you know, when you look back seven weeks, eight weeks, right from where we are right now, we were all kind of doubting if James was even going to work, right? Just the mistakes he was making and everything looked, looked too big for him. And now you wonder how, what his ceiling is, but you know, can Hines be a great, one-two punch with James Cook and the answer is yes he has done that well successfully got him to a second large contract with the Colts by being that guy for Jonathan Taylor so mm -hmm. that might have been the Bills plan all along right is we're going to bring in Hines he's going to shore up the kick returner punt returner situation and next year he's going to roll into that Singletary role probably more the Cook role and then Cook will be in the Singletary roles as the starting running back so but yeah, to your point, <clears throat> Edmonds has got to get signed. Everybody sees it. Um, I would hate to see Jordan Boyer go. I mean, I, I, you got you, you just got to think that they got to find a way to get him two years, right? Or one more year to retire with Micah or two years and then extend Micah for one and get them here. It would just be, it would be amazing to see them swan song together. Would it not to see them, they came in together, see them play dominant for however long, be the top, one of the top two safeties in the league for however long and then go out together. It would just, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm too much into fantasies no. and stories, but I don't know. No, you're not. I mean, and, and Johnny says here, um, am I crazy for thinking losing JP21 is detrimental? No, you're not crazy. You're not crazy. And 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 you're not crazy, Joe, for, for you know, wanting it to go that way. My, my thing is, um, I look at that situation, it's like, for years, you know, all we had was to fall in love with the players mm -hmm. because the team wasn't good. So we would fall in love with the players and we wanted them to stay here and they ended up falling in love with the fan base. But now we actually have good players, like great players who want to retire here. When you come out and say that you give somebody an all pro season, now a pro bowl year. Um, I, I don't know. To me, the, the team is undefeated when he plays. The defense is completely different when he's in. You can just oh, like yeah. Tremaine, the conversation that we have about Tremaine Edmonds, when Jordan Poyer is not on the back end of that defense, mm -hmm. dude, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see Tua against us. Right. You right. know what I mean? I don't, I don't mm -hmm. want to see. <clears throat> so I just look at it like, I mean, didn't wasn't Jordan out the game, the, the, the game against the Jets that we lost? He was. Well, they're undefeated with him in the game. So every game that we so, lost, he he did not play. So there you go. And it's like, so you let a quarterback that got benched several times this year yeah, yeah. look decent against us without Jordan Poyer. Or Strettler? Straightler? Strettler? Who was the last guy that, like, they, they pulled him for? Uh, yeah, the, 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 the Canadian kid that was, like, supposedly the Taysom Hill prototype guy that didn't he look. He ended up having better stats in a, in a half a quarter. 
than than he did the whole game. So yeah. no, I mean, you got to find a way. I'm with you, and it's not just because I love him. It's not because I love his family. It's never Jordan Poyer is that important to this team. Yeah, and for everybody saying he's older, guess what? He's a year younger than Micah. Right, right, <laughs> yeah, he's. I just, yeah. He's a year younger. So you spent some time in a in a, uh, in a on a YouTube channel uh, watching a YouTube uh, chat or a, a show like this one, if you will, about the Miami Dolphins, just in regards to Tua being in concussion pro- concussion protocol for the third time this season. Uh, what does the future for the Miami Dolphins look like right now? I mean, what did, did you? I'm sure that these guys weren't experts, but you know, obviously, we know more about our team than they do, so they're going to know more about what's going on in the in workings of their team than we do. Yep. What did you glean and what are your thoughts? And I've got some thoughts on Tua, about, you know, where are you at? Well, I think, I think for the, so the, the hosts of the show, both, the, both of them collectively felt like Tua will be back next year. And I think that's the right call. I think um, if he doesn't, you know, get the advice from a doctor or from family and decides to retire, if he, if he sticks around, he's going to be the starter next year in Miami. But the fan base as, as a whole right now, I mean, they're turning on him. It's like, well, he lied about his injury. He should have been honest about the fact that he had a concussion. Uh, he can't, you know, he's proven that he's not durable. He gets concussed and he's this, that, and the third. We want Tom Brady. I, I've heard so many. So we want Tom Brady. We want Lamar Jackson. I saw uh, there was a, hell, there was a Derek Carr request in there. So it's like they, which is like, you want Derek Carr over, Okay, that could happen. That could happen. That's yeah. That, that could that, very. That could happen. That could so happen. I mean, that's fine, and I would be perfectly fine if Derek Carr joined the AFC East. Right, but I'm more but afraid of just, Tua right now than Derek Carr. But yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, but but the fan base is turning on him um, based on I guess them feeling like he wasn't honest about his injury, and then also based on his durability. I, but I, my thing is, if he's going to be healthy enough to play, and if he's going to play, I think right now the team is built for Tua. So yeah. I wouldn't go any other direction unless – now, if you get Tom Brady for a year, you can plug and Tom, play Tom Brady in that system easily, and Tom Brady will elevate that team. So absolutely. Yeah. But but no, you you keep Tua. Yeah, you, Tom Brady is a – even at 49, whatever, however old he is, he can play the two-step, three-step drop game like the, with the best of them. <clears throat> and when defenses catch up to that, that a little bit, he can play the seven step drop game too. As long as you give him time to throw and give him space in that pocket, he's going to eat people alive. Um, I would not like that scenario. I don't that this iteration of the dolphins with Tom Brady would not be fun. In my opinion Tua for me, you know, that brother needs to learn how to fall. I, I, I think that's what it comes down to. There's just, there's a way to fall and it just doesn't seem like he falls well or falls right. I mean, We've heard people talk about that before, <clears throat> that certain players know how to get hit. Um, they know how to take a hit. They know how to absorb a hit. They know how to hit the ground, certain quarterbacks. And he just, when he falls, he just whips his head every time. It's just something about the way when he's going down, he keeps his head up, and then he just whips his head back. But there's not a spotter on that team, right? I mean, how many – every time Josh Allen hits the ground, I'm watching his neck. Are you not watching his neck? How does that – Man, I, I watch everything about <clears throat> Josh. Right. So when he hits the ground – on the play that he expectedly got concussed again, I wasn't watching the game live. How how was everybody not going? Uh, the announcers, while wow, his head really hit the ground hard there, right? Yeah. I mean, how does how is there not a Dolphins staff member paying attention at this point in time? To me, there should be a staff member that's your job is to watch Tua. Just like on the I'll Bills, there should be that. somebody's job to watch Josh. Right. And I don't care. I don't care if it looked like he got a damn hangnail. Josh, you good, bro? What's wrong with your finger? What's wrong with your finger? 
that I want I wanted I want you to watch everything about Josh. And yep. the other thing, and I was gonna say something, and then Daniel said this in the comments, so I want to throw it up. Fins fans are so fickle. A month ago, they thought Tua was a Pro Bowl caliber and elite. Four <laughs> losses later, they want a replacement. Now, the comment I was gonna say is, isn't this something? How five weeks ago, the the conversation was, can the Dolphins unseat the Bills for the division? Yep. Now they're eight and seven. Tua MV, <laughs> you know to I mean? MVP. It wasn't, wasn't Pro Bowl, it was MVP. MVP and all pro. They were upset about the Pro Bowl voting and all of that stuff. And now they're ready to move on from them after a week and a half. Because last week was the Pro Bowl announcements. They were upset at the Pro Bowl announcements that he didn't get voted in. Now right. they're ready to move on from them. So right. yeah, it's just it's it's a bit it's a bit much. The I, I, I posted on that guy, that guy's Twitter that you sent you sent me the link to him, just his show. And I don't know if you saw it. I replied to your tweet back to him. Mm-hmm. There's a point where they're all humans, right? There's a point where life is more important. You know what I mean? The, the person is more important than the player. Life is more important than the game. Um, but at the same time, as much as I don't care for the Dolphins, they're my least favorite franchise on all of the NFL and will always be. Putting myself in their shoes, I couldn't even imagine waiting as long as they they have. And then they finally, it's budding. They finally feel like they've got the guy. Even if we all doubt it, they feel like, so it's us in 2019, 2020. And then all of a sudden this happens to them. I couldn't imagine if this was Josh, how we would feel. I mean, it would be, I think I put my, my heart would be in my throat. I just, I wouldn't even know how to feel at that point. I've waited 20 years, right? Since Dan Marino I mean, come along and all of a sudden, like we think we got the guy and he can't stay healthy. He's been concussed three or four times this year and he might have to retire it's just like listen man i hold my breath every time josh takes off to run every single time not because i think he's fragile he's not fragile he's a freaking mammoth i get it but there's just every single time it's like oh josh please don't oh josh don't and then he then he he hurdles people and does like helicopter helicopters and it's just like oh god josh and then when it's all said and done and he's up and he first down it's like oh man that was awesome but man I, I hold my breath every single time so i can only imagine you know a, a guy like like to a size he's taking these hits from these dudes that's twice as big as at least josh i think josh hurts some of the guys that, yeah. that he runs into more than they hurt him so i yeah. mean at least we have that going for us but look cam newton did early in his career too yeah so so i have a, i have a genuine concern about that with josh but but right now he's young and he's um you know he got the energy so I'm a row with it, but man, I hold my breath every single time. Yeah, and you you said the there should be somebody watching the quarterback, every quarterback, and that's probably something that's true and needs to happen in the NFL, and maybe it evolves to it because Josh said on his basement podcast with or Kyle Brandt's podcast, basement podcast with Josh. Josh said that you know I understand the makeup of the player and that he wants to go back in no matter what. Right. So to have which is why they take the helmet from the from whatever player it is, like if they feel like something's up, they stop the game, they come out and they, they yank your, your helmet away from you until they clear you because they know that you're going to be like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Oh, it's my back. My back. It was just my back. Mm-hmm. So the idea that, yeah, you've got somebody just a spotter that's making fifty thousand dollars a year, or some stupid low amount of money that literally is just queuing somebody up. If his head hits the turf a little too hard or if he gets, you know, whacked just a little bit hard but yeah so uh pam oh i thought i thought you wanted me to read that so pam oh, no, josh, josh only gets hurt in the pocket people always worried he he's going to get hurt running it's right now that statistic holds up <laughs> but it only takes one time it only um, takes one it, right so it's uh it, it is it is what it is it's 
yeah, I mean. And you know what? Um, earlier in the comments, they were talking about Josh being concussed um, when he got hit by the Patriots player. And then I, I, I still question, and maybe I shouldn't do this publicly. I feel like Sarah Larson said this on her show before, too. I feel like the, the Packers game. I do question if Josh concussed the same exact way Tua got concussed this time mm. when his head hit the ground. Yeah. Because I feel like that game, if you look at the first half compared to after that type of hit, yeah. Josh wasn't throwing the same. He wasn't running. His, he just didn't look the same. Right. And, you know, now he played the next week. He didn't go into concussion protocol, whatever. So I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but I do. Like I said, I, I worry. Yeah, Sarah says in the comments, Packers game. Yep. I do worry about Josh Allen. Um taking certain types of hits and running but to pam's point so far he hasn't been injured besides yep. when he's been in the pocket and man I, I i hold it i hold the breath every time let's keep that streak going so moving into this game i've had people ask me so i'm just going to break it down in the most clear way that i can and i tried to break it down clearly before and messed it up i didn't mess it up i just gave it in such a way that it was like that probably wasn't very clear this week, Monday night, the fight for the, as, as is every Bills game, has been for what, the last four weeks, five weeks, uh, mm -hmm. the fight for the number one seed is out there. So if the Buffalo Bills win this week, they obviously hold on to retain the number one seed. They cannot have, obviously, I'm gonna, just going to state it because the question is going to come up. They cannot lose the AFC East. They are AFC East champions. They are guaranteed at least one home game in the playoffs. So if they aren't the number one seed, they're going to at least get the wild card weekend in Buffalo. If they end up the two seed, they'll probably have two home games in Buffalo. And then if the one seed gets knocked out, they'll end up, if they're, if they're the two seed, they could end up with three. But the idea is to get the number one seed. So the Bills have to win, more than likely have to win out. The Chiefs are relying on the Bills losing a football game, and they have to win out. If the Bills lose a game and the Chiefs win out, the Chiefs are the number one seed. This is where it gets tricky. The Bengals, and this is why it gets fun. This is going to be a fun two weeks in the NFL. The Bengals have to beat the Bills. So step one, we got to beat the Bills. If they beat the Bills, they slide into that number two spot because they've got the tiebreaker on the Bills. The Chiefs, if the Chiefs win, are still number one. However, if the Chiefs lose a game, one game, they now have the tiebreaker over the Bills and the Chiefs. But where it gets really murky is the Bengals are at risk of losing their division. The Ravens could still win out, and if the Bengals lose out because they play the Bills this week, if they lose and then they finish the season with the Ravens, if they lose that game, the Ravens could end up being the NFC, the AFC North champions, and the Bengals would be a wild card team. So this whole thing is kind of fun and cool, but the Bills need to basically win out. Uh, the Chiefs need to win out. The Chiefs have a very winnable game this week. They're playing the Broncos, who just fired Nathaniel Hackett. Bet you no Bills fans saw that coming. The question is, is can the Broncos do what the Colts did and rally around themselves, right? Dog in the corner mentality type situation. And are the Chiefs maybe looking ahead to the Raiders? But then the I freaking Raiders. What. But then the Raiders just benched their quarterback. And it's like. But wait, before we even get to like, just just talk about the, the that game real quick. The, the Chiefs and, and the, uh, the, Broncos. the Broncos meant two weeks ago. The Broncos were given the Chiefs everything that they had. And before Russell Wilson went out with a concussion, it was I'm just, yeah, I'm just it saying, was. go back and look at that game. I'm not crazy. that They they made it really hard for the Chiefs that game, and it, yep. it very easily could have been the Broncos' best game of the year. 
that injury to Russell Wilson, that concussion completely changed the dynamics of yep. that game. And division games are always hard. Always so hard. I'm not I'm not one that's going to – now, do I think the Chiefs are going to lose? No, I think the Chiefs are going to win it. You right. know, they're, they're fully healthy. I looked at their injury report today. There was nobody on right. the injury right. report for the Chiefs. Zero injuries. So I, I do think – but they almost lost to the Texans in overtime. How do you almost lose to the Texans in overtime, man? The like, Chiefs have not played well. They played the, – the, so, the team I thought was going to beat them, the Seahawks, they actually – Beat pretty they easy. beat them by two touchdowns, yeah. But, like, so, oh. it's, so it's like, yeah, I don't know what's going on with the Chiefs. I do think, though, like I said, the Chiefs are healthy now. Mm-hmm. They're they're gearing up for the playoff run like everybody else right now. But don't don't sleep on the get Just because Russ has looked bad, I know he's been cooking horribly. No seasoning <laughs> and all that stuff. He ain't been doing stuff. But you never know because we thought that last time and they, and they were giving them everything they had. So, so let's see. I mean, the Chiefs could absolutely lose this week. How about this? If the Chiefs lose this week, so they lose to the Broncos, right? Mm-hmm. The Buffalo Bills go into Monday night playing the Cincinnati Bengals. And literally, if they win, walk out of there with the number one seed clinched. 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 And they, they and weeks 18, 17, doesn't matter for the Buffalo Bills at all. Conversely, if the Chiefs lose and the Bills lose, now the, the Bengals have to beat the Ravens and the Bills have to beat the Patriots, right, is, is what happens. And if, if, mm-hmm. if the if the if the what you call the Bengals lose to the Ravens, it get, it gets interesting. So Chiefs lost, Bills win, we clinch, and then and then the problem is the Bills have two weeks where they don't have to play their starters. So that, what do you do at that point? Like, I'd, one's a bye week. Do they play the Patriots a half, which is probably what McDermott does? That's what he did against the Dolphins that one year that we beat the. They needed to win, and they're in, and the, the Bills put fifty five on them. Um, but see, we didn't have the bye week. I feel like. Having the bye week, I wouldn't want my guys to be off two weeks like that because that's really rust. Oh yeah, then, you know you, you now that that second, that second week of the playoffs, you're talking about playing either the Bengals or the Chiefs, right? You know, because then the and then whichever two of those teams we don't play, then that's the next thing we play in the AFC Championship. So no, I would much rather I would much rather them play that that last game of the season take the one by week and then come back i don't i don't want two weeks off for, for the team no yeah. I, I don't need that i'm going to ask you a question uh we're getting close to time but we're we're now on to completely on to bills Bengals, and I, i'm sure that you've got some questions that you might want to ask as well but this mm-hmm. is the first of what should be multiple meetings between allen and burrow for the coming decade so yeah. if they both finish as the, as the one seed this year, so the Bills are the one seed in their division. If the Bengals finish as, as the one seed in their division, the Bills-Bengals are going to play next year. Bills are going to play the Chiefs. Bills are going to play the Bengals next year. Um, what has us most excited? Because we've kind of been, not robbed, but maybe robbed of just this, oper- like this year, because the Bengals didn't finish as the one seed in their division. We didn't get to see the Bills play the Bengals this year. So we were kind of robbed of that this year, right? You want to see that. Elway Marino Kelly thing every year. You want to see that Allen Mahomes Burrow thing every year, right? I mean, this is this is why we sign up for it. Well, that's, I, that's the thing that got me excited because now I think this is the beginning of it. Um, we've already seen Josh and, and Mahomes. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen that battle a few times now. I think now you're going to add Joe Burrow to that conversation, and I think next year you're. They just made the playoffs for the first time with with Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert is going to be in that mix, and I know there was a lot of questions about him this year, but you're going to have a four-quarterback battle. No disrespect to Lamar Jackson. No disrespect to any of these other guys, but to me, those are the four guys in the AFC, and and man, it's going to be fun for years to come. I'm hoping that that we have the, like, for this last generation of quarterbacks, I'm hoping we have the 
the uh, Tom Brady of it all. Like, you know, like you can have a Peyton Manning. I'm cool with y'all getting the Super Bowl there, (laughs) you know, but we want six. Like, I'm I'm hoping that we got that guy. And I I feel like we do. I think, you know, I think we got a unicorn. We got a guy from a different planet. And I just, um, that that's what I'm, because Josh, man, he has this, he has this it factor where like when the Mm -hmm. lights are on and they're brightest, that's when he plays his best football. Yeah. And, those games are always going to be prime time. When it's the Chiefs game, it's always going to be prime time. When it's the Bengals, always going to be prime yep. time. And if Josh shows up on prime time games like that, then I'm excited, man. Like I just feel like I I, I want to see him in the Super Bowl. Yep. So bad. Like if if you if you show up under the and I know I just skipped all the playoffs and I skipped the whole conversation you're talking about, but it's like it's because of that conversation. Like those games are going to be prime time. And and when Josh is under the lights, man, he's he's the biggest he's the biggest brightest star there is in the NFL, and I just can't wait to see him on the biggest stage. Uh, hopefully, it's in Glendale in in February. That's what I'm yeah. hoping. Yeah. Is there a talking point? So my last point for the Bengals game, I'll just throw it out there, and then we can just kind of you know I can rally around conversation stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, the Bills have faced offenses this year with multiple weapons. When you think of obviously the Chiefs, when you think of the Dolphins twice, and the Bills. By and large, shut down the Dolphins both times. They just didn't win, come out of the winning end, in, you know, in week three. Um, how do the Bills stop the Bengals? Do you think they're capable? I do. I think the Bills are absolutely 100% capable of beating this Bengals team and slowing it down, not shutting it down. I don't think Jamar Chase – I don't think one of those big three are not going to have a big game. One of them is going to get their yards. Two of them possibly could do well. But I think that they're going to produce. I think it's just a matter of can the Bills contain that that offense, the defense contain that offense the way that it needs to. I think we're going to see a lot of Joe Mixon. I think the Bills are going to be like, no, 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 Joe, and you guys on the outside, you're not doing anything. I think we're going to see a lot of Joe Mixon eight-yard runs, seven-yard runs, 10, 11-yard runs, and then just try to force them to just work a 12, 13-yard like play drive down the field hoping they make a mistake. And I think the Bengals are going to try to do the exact same thing to the Bills. I think they're going to try to keep the Bills from biting off 20-yard chunks at a time. So this very well could, to me, turn into a Joe Mixon versus a Singletary Cook type of a football game, Singletary Cook-Josh type of a football game. And even in that scenario, I'm giving the advantage to to the Bills, right? So I think this is a very winnable game for the Bills, in my opinion. Um, I think this defense is up to the challenge. Um, Mitch Morse to me is a big part of it. We'll see if he's healthy enough. Obviously, another young man dealing with a concussion protocol. Um, it's always weird for me to call him a young man because he's got the bald head and the big giant beard, and I feel like he's older than me. Is that is am I wrong when I say he that? He has that vibe, he has what, that vibe. Yeah. I don't want to call him dad, Uncle Mitch. Yeah. Like, like he's I'm, like the dad on the team. No, he does. He have that vibe where you you kind of and he's what eight year career, so he's not old. No, but he's like 29. He just, 29. Yeah, he just like yeah, he's yeah. No, I'm with you, it's but I agree with you. I think I think the Bills are better. Um, and Agreed. Again, this is not a a shot at the Bengals or their fan base, but I said this last year when the Bengals made the playoff, or after they so after we lost to the Chiefs, the whole 13 seconds thing, then they went on and beat the Chiefs, right? Mm-hmm. I said last year we would have absolutely dog walked that team. Yeah. Now I think they're yeah. better this year than they, they were are. last year. They are. But I think what it comes down to is matchups. So I think I think when you look at a team like the Bengals, they they are built to beat the Chiefs. Mm. So just like I feel like the Jets' defense is built to beat the Bills. Now their offense hasn't matched it, so that they, that's why it just doesn't seem like they're going to be able to get over that hump anytime soon until until they get a good quarterback. But 
teams are built to beat certain teams. They're not be, built to beat the Bills. So when you're looking at the matchups, yeah, Jamar Chase might he might have he, he gonna get his moments. Superstars mm-hmm. always do. They always do. To your point, <laughs> Joe Mixon is gonna get some yards. Superstars always do. But what it comes down to is, look, we we we're that team. Yeah. And and it's okay now for Buffalo Bills fans to no longer have that that hurt. You know that uh you know we we all we we were beat up we got ptsd from back when we would lose every game and we would you just find ways to lose now you look at this year we're finding ways to win yeah like it doesn't matter if it's a one score game it doesn't matter if we have to run it doesn't matter if josh has to throw it doesn't matter if the defense has to do it we're finding ways to win every week so you can look forward to the buffalo bills coming out and figuring out this team now in the first quarter second quarter if we're down 14 6 or 14 Mm -hmm. 7 Please don't freak out. Take the Twitter. Like, yeah, don't do it because it, it's that it's that third and fourth quarter. We saw it this past week with the Bears. We were down what ten to six. Yeah, the, the very first touchdown was super easy, and I didn't like. Oh my god, here we go! Yeah. I just tweeted. Well, that seemed really easy for them. Like yeah. I wasn't necessarily nervous. I was just like, that seemed a little easy, <laughs> right? I mean, mm-hmm. which is different than what I would have been probably when the year we played the Rams and the Rams came back on us, we were all losing our minds, right? Yeah. What is happening? <laughs> so, yeah, but it's, it, it'll be interesting to see. And, and I wouldn't necessarily to that point, going back to the bears game, I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't be surprised if you see the Bengals on their first drive, go right down the field and score. It just seems like the bills are be, built to beat everybody. Says so, uh, double B Brian Bowers. He's absolutely right. But you know, it seemed I, I asked this question of uh, Fina and Thurman Thomas on the off tackle with John Fina show on Monday night. It just seems like this Bills defense at times, including Leslie Frazier and even McDermott, are kind of set up to see what you're going to do. Like we're going to give you that yeah. first drive to kind of feel you out, and if we stop you, great. But if you score a touchdown, we're not that freaking sucks. Out. That sucks, but it's okay. And then I was very interested in Jordan Poyer's post game conference uh, comments when he said that. Uh, the defense, he just needed to settle in. The guys needed to settle down a little bit, um, that they were kind of getting outside of their run fits and stuff like that. I'm putting words in his mouth there, mm-hmm. which surprised me because I never once thought that these guys are coming into these games maybe a little too amped up the way that Josh used to or Josh even maybe sometimes still does. Um, it, did you hear that? And do you have thoughts behind that? Because to me that was like, huh, interesting. Yeah, no, I heard it and and. It was a good point, but I'm actually I'm leaning more heavily to your initial point there. Um, I think if you go back and watch every Bills game since now, there's a lot of football. But since we got Leslie Frazier as the defensive coordinator, the Buffalo Bills typically we do give up that touchdown on that scripted drive. Mm-hmm. That first drive out the game when they have the ball, a lot of times we do let them either come down the field and score a field goal or, or score a touchdown. Right. Normally there's points on the board only for the other team. Mm-hmm. But then you look at it, defense shuts them down, and they just figure it out for the rest of the game. And so what I'm saying is, again, if that happens this week, Joe Burrow comes out and he looks like a star, and he comes out and it's just like, oh, man, he's doing it again. Jamar Chase with a touchdown over whoever it's okay like don't don't freak out but no to your point about uh, what jordan said i think it's like that for the whole team man like this team is amped this year they they have a they have they've had an energy since the preseason um you know when i did the i did the the golf tournament with what was levi wallace's golf tournament but jordan was there uh cam lewis was there so there were some other bills players there and the way that those guys were talking i never in my life heard them talk about this season 
So it's like they, there's just an energy that they can. And then even now throughout the season, every time I get a chance to talk to anybody, mm. there's an energy that they have. They're just charged. Mm. And, it, and it's just like, OK, we need to we need to let some of this charge out so we can kind of like be ourselves. Right. Because if not, we're going to run past everybody. We're going to run through everybody. We're going to miss because we're just so charged up. Right. They got to let some of that out on that first drive and, and kind of figure out how the game is going to go. And the Bills, I'm not worried at all on defense, man. Like, when, when Jordan's out there, like, that's another reason why I'm so confident. Uh, Jordan and, and Tremaine this week, and really, I'm, I'm going to go a step further and say, Matt, I need a huge game from Matt this week. He's had a great year. Matt Milano has had one of the best seasons of his career. Mm-hmm. But this is going to be one of those games where I'm <clears> expecting <throat> both him and Tremaine, along with Jordan, to really show why this defense is – is the defense that's built for the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, I, I'm in 100% agreement, and I'm still completely beside myself and bewildered how M- Matt Milano did not make first-team Pro Bowl. But that is a conversation for – Jordan we, did. Yeah, Jordan did. Mm. Conversation we've already had, not you and I have had, but that has been had. And who knows, maybe it's the Jordan Poyer situation for him as well. Maybe he makes first-team All-Pro uh, instead of – well, it, it's probably not as big of a, a, a surprise as – when you hear Tua is leading all vote getters and then doesn't even make the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was okay. What's happening here? Uh, that so Renaissance Man says, I need Groot to lose his mind and knock Burrow's ass down. Uh, the, the best part about that comment is the fact that uh, Groot is going up against uh, Collins's replacement at right tackle because Collins's Lyle Collins is mm-hmm. done for the season. So this is a situation. And apparently, I was listening to somebody talk today, a Bengals beat reporter who said that. Uh, uh, his replacement, I don't know his name, is susceptible to the bull rush and to power rushers. And Groot is a big, long, strong kind of dude. So there should be an opportunity there for him to get penetration. So it should be fun to see. But kind of as we're wrapping this thing up, up, we got a, another super chat from Buffalo Freddy. Listen, can I just tell you, this dude has been insufferable. I know. I'm, I'm watching it. I'm watching <laughs> like, it. Dude, first of all, shout out to my man, Buffalo Freddy. Dan, if you if you go to any of the games and you end up going to the uh, Bill's Mafia house, his tailgates are normally second to none. The barbecue is dope. He, everything is great. He'll but, be doing shots. Always doing shots. Always doing shots. But this week, um, we're matched up in one of the fan. I'm in a couple fantasy uh, championships, and one of them, I'm going up against Dan. And like, what I tell you, like all day, he's been texting. We've been going back and forth texting. We've been back and forth on Twitter. He's been on my show. He was on uh, Code of Conduct yesterday in the comments. He's here tonight. Nice. So yeah, we. Um, I, I understand, Dan. I just hope that. For you, Derrick Henry plays, and I hope that uh, Lamar Jackson plays. And, uh, you know, you got you got some injuries, man. So we'll see what happens with your squad. You we'll got see. some injuries, he said. That's hysterical. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take that down. Uh, so, yeah, just kind of wrapping the show up as we are at that time. Uh, game predictions and stat lines for Josh Allen. Um, clearly, I don't know if, if Buffalo Freddy wants to throw in a stat line for Joe Mixon, but I know that you don't want that stat line to be very big. I would expect him to probably have a pretty okay day in this game. Here's the um, thing. I have Joe Mixon in my other championship. Oh, so I do uh, want him to have a big right, day. I'm right. like fighting myself right now, but, yep, yep, yep. um, no, I, I think Josh is going to have a, a, again, bright lights, Monday night football. Yep. I think it's going to be one of those Miami dolphins type games that we had this past couple weeks. I think Josh is going to come out maybe 285 to Mm. top out at 315 maybe so 315 i say two touchdowns through the air one on the ground and i give devin one on the ground oh that's nice uh so i'll give you my josh predictions just some 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 player predictions too so for me it's the weather i think there's going to be a great deal of 50 degrees 
52 degrees, no snow, no real wind. This is like Are a summertime. Yeah, this is like a summertime football game. And now that goes for the Bengals, too. The Bengals have been playing in the cold just like everybody else has in the league. Um, that's funny, 117 for, for Mixon. Um, I think Josh Allen has a pretty good game. I think they're going to try to do what they can to limit him. I think their ground game is going to do enough to kind of bring some open stuff. I wonder if we're going to see one of my topics tonight was about Beasley. And are we going to see Beasley kind of put into this offense a little more this week to pull those two safeties down, to pull one of them down, to give to kind of open up the field? I bet you – I like your, what you said, Josh, in that 315 range, probably going to account for three or four touchdowns. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. The Bills don't – oh, man, how do I want to say this? The Bills don't play the chip and chunk game well. And what I mean by that is – They'll go down the field slow in a 13 or 15 play drive, but Josh is still going to throw the football. Mm-hmm. They're going to go down the field that way, handoff, 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 handoff. It seems like they can now, but that's just not what they're going to do. So um, I think Josh rolls in, at, like I said, around 315. I'm right there with you. Um, accounts for probably four touchdowns. And you know what? Because when he does that, too, it's always – it's always it ends up third and 12, and Josh throws for a 14-yard first down. You know, like – so, yeah, yeah we, we don't we do not do the, the seven-yard or the five-yard gain on first and then the seven on second and his first down. We don't do that. Like, right. we put ourselves in a hole, and then Josh is Josh, and it do something crazy. That bugs me. <laughs> but it's phenomenal to watch, man. Two things uh, to that point. One of them is not being talked about at all, and that is that third and Josh is kind of back. Like, when the Bills are third and 17, Josh is finding that receiver 18 yards downfield. Mm-hmm. Third and 12, he's finding the guy 14 yards downfield. And there was a gap there where that was kind of missing. Another thing that happened this past weekend against the Bears is the Bills ran it, I think, twice, two or three times on second and long, second and 10 or second and eight. And they picked up like six yards on second down with the run game, which they tried to do ad nauseum last year, and it never worked. So there's there's a lot of interesting folds to this Bills offense right now that's kind of happening. So final score prediction for me, uh, I saw some 20s to whatever, and there's a whole bunch of people putting their score predictions in, which is freaking fantastic. Um, I'm in that. I saw some people do like 24 to 20. I think this is going to be a potential for a shootout in that 38 to 35 38 to 31 was what Sarah Larson said. There's a chance somebody could do 42, right? 42 to 37, 42 to 40. Um, I don't see this as a 10 to 9 game. Do you? No, but I I do think our defense is better than than our fan base is giving them credit for. I don't think they scored 30 points on us. Wow. The didn't the Dolphins scored 29? The Dolphins did score 29. And Jamar Chase is that dude, and so is T. Higgins, but they don't have the same speed as the Dolphins, and that's that's our weakness. Hayden Hurst is also back in this football game. Yeah, but they don't. Our, the Bills' defense weakness is speed. Yes. And as much as again, I'm Jamar Chase is that dude. So when yeah, y'all yeah. hear me, this is not bulletin board material. He is that dude. T. Higgins has speed. He is that dude too. They do not have Tariq Hill and and Jalen Waddle speed. True. Very true, but they also have a better quarterback. So it's going to be a fun game. Settle in and enjoy every minute of this football game. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, with that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into the Hump Day Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network presented by Picasso's Pizza. My name is Joe Miller. That is Jay Spence the King. What's tomorrow? Tomorrow is three-man rush, right? Yes. Friday's food for thought. Food for thought and um, after the snap. After the snap is Friday. So do you want to, have you talked about, I don't think that's been talked about on our show at all. Do you want to talk about that show? 
yeah do i have i don't know if i have the brand stuff in here uh probably not but ladies and gentlemen in case you don't know please make sure you uh just keep keep checking in with the buffalo rumblings podcast and vidcast network because we got some dope stuff happening we have blake and reed ferguson Two active members in the NFL. Both are long snappers. Obviously, we love Reed in Buffalo. He is the long snapper here in Buffalo. And his brother Blake is the long snapper down in Miami. They joined the SB Nation family uh, the week that the Bills actually hosted the Miami Dolphins and we beat them. So uh, they had a nice little uh, Ferguson Bowl thing going on that they have now. This week coming up, I believe that the show, um, they're recording tomorrow, I believe. So the show is going to drop Friday as well. Going to be a good show. So make sure y'all check them out. Give them some love. If y'all don't follow them on Twitter, go follow them. They're fun follows, man. They joke. Yeah. Reed, Reed absolutely talks back, and he has some fun with you. Um, then Saturday is, is the chop-up. We're going to get back to the chop-up. I apologize for missing that last week. I was not, as Joe said, we both were sick. I was not filling up to it. So, um, yeah, we, Good we got stuff. a lot. Good stuff lot. all the way around. But uh, final thoughts before I get us out of here? Man, go Bills. <laughs> you're early on that final thought ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning in to the hump day hotline for me for jay spencer king for buffalo rumblings we love you guys go bills go bills go bills, go bills.